When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tom Bernard. Catherine Brandt. <laughs> Welcome to the Bachelor MD Hackmaster. Andy Rand Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. Great guest this hour. We'll kick things off right after this. Enjoy the family. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Aww. With a smile. Oh. 
You know, one problem you have is when you play that song, anybody from Minnesota, certainly from Minneapolis, St. Paul, yeah. is going to sit and listen to the whole song before they start talking, Herbie. Sorry about that, but it's just uh, it's part of being from <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul, the yes. market of the Mary Tyler Moore show and uh, Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore story. Herbie J. Pilato with us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, where you can start wherever you want, Herbie, because she's uh, to this day she's still a huge part of the the life of Twin Cities residents because she has a statue on the Mall of America throwing her tam into the air. It's very very cool. Well, first of all, I loved hearing you guys coo at the beginning there. I mean, <laughs> you're cooing with that right. stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a very very important part. I, I'm I've been very lucky because. I've been in radio business uh, uh, for 48 years, and I interviewed Mary Tyler Moore several times. Over that period, she was always very, very pleasant to me, and and, um, I guess there are times in her life when she wasn't all that pleasant to some people, but... You know, you, you talked about you talk about many things, and I don't want to lead into the book. I want you to tell me where the, where where for you uh, well, it begins, the middle, the end, and all the rest of it. It's wonderful. Okay, well, thanks. First of all, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. And you know what, Mary Tyler Moore was like the rest of us, a human being, and right. she had her, you know, low point, high points, and. Um, Great traits and not so great traits, just like the rest of us. Um, yep. But she was an incredible talent who brought an amazing amount of work to the screen, to the stage. And she was a writer herself with her uh, two memoirs. When I decided to write this book, I wanted to have this book be as in-depth and as objective as possible about her entire life and career, which there's never been any book ever written about that and I wanted to write about her life and, and career with dignity and respect and uh, to cover it all as honestly as I could and I believe I did that it is so amazing and many many people don't know this but Mary Tyler Moore's first really big break in television her legs were the only part of her you ever saw which is what an amazing <laughs> story that is Yes, yeah, she was on a, Richard, uh, a TV detective show called Richard Diamond, um, which starred David Jansen before he was the yep. fugitive. And she yep. had this role um, as his secretary, uh, where you only saw her legs and you just heard her voice. And she cooed. <laughs> <laughs> she did Yeah, she did coo. Uh, she, had, she had very attractive legs, we must say. But she was a beautiful woman, oh, yeah. a very, very talented woman. Uh, whether it was in yeah. movies, television, whatever she did, she she was to. I mean, you, to this day, I go back, you know, because of Netflix and Amazon and all those delivery services, you can see her in Gunsmoke and The Rifleman and Wanted, Dead or Alive, and all those old westerns from the nineteen fifties. She she yes. appeared in all of those, I think. Yes. Well, and that, that, that's that's what I tried to you know be clear about in the book is that she did over two hundred. Uh, TV shots and film shots before and after the Dick Van Dyke show and the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I cover all of that extensively um, in the book. Um, she was, and she did so much for, you know, the Diabetes Foundation. She suffered from diabetes. Yeah. She did so much for animal yeah. advocacy. 
And she was a tough business person, you know. She ran MTM with Grant Tinker, her second husband. And, you know, right. sometimes you got to be tough. And when you're tough, you're not always liked. But she got things done. She wasn't an evil person. She was a complicated person. Yeah, I think she was, absolutely. First of all, I uh, I don't think many people do realize that she, she did, uh, she had, you know, Struggles with childhood sexual abuse, alcoholism. You talked about diabetes, plastic surgery. She absolutely was obsessed with animals and and uh, very sad life, a very happy life, a very sad life. It was just it was all over the place. It was all over the map for Mary Tyler Moore, wasn't it? Yeah, she she really did not have a happy life at all, which of course is so mm-hmm. ironic because she brought so much happiness to millions and millions of people for so many years. And many times this is the case, not as severe with her, but many times an artist, whether you're an actor or writer or whatever, there is a lot of pain. And many times, certainly great art comes from pain, but she certainly had her due and, and too much of it. Um, and it was, it was a tough, tough life. I, I now. I got to believe, though, and maybe I'm way off base here because, once again, I've talked to him several times over the years, but I got to believe working with Dick Van Dyke for her was, was a really good thing because he seems to be a pretty straight-ahead, really decent human being. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Dick Van Dyke is one good. of the most likable uh, people in, in the world, and not to mention you know just the industry, but in the world. And they had a chemistry um, that started from day one. And they admitted uh, years later to to a a little crush that they had on each other. And Dick Van Dyke was uh, an alcoholic as well. But they never let their issues of alcoholism uh, detour them from their job on the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, So they were pros. And, you know, Mary didn't always get along with Rosemarie. On the Dick Van Dyke right. show, Rosemarie really right. resented Mary, <laughs> um, but they were pros, and you know they they did the show, and those kind of, like today everything is a controversy, you know, and you hear about it on on various media outlets, and they look for things like that. So everything that happened during the Dick Van Dyke show behind the scenes, or even the Mary Tyler Moore show behind the scenes, probably would be out in the open uh, today. And I try to address some of those issues, but again. With not in a salacious way, but with dignity, because I loved Mary Tyler Moore. I didn't want to hurt anybody's yeah, yeah. feelings. That's not my mo. You know, I'm the head of the Classic TV Preservation Society, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the positive influence of classic TV shows. I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk trash. That's not the right. way I work. But as a journalist, I have to tell the truth. You know, or at least the the truth of what I have researched. And, and and found and I and again I believe I balanced it all out with as much respect as I could with Mary. This is my you new biography. What's amazing, Herbie, is that you've done uh, books on two of the most beautiful women in the history of television. Obviously, Mary Tyler Moore, but also Elizabeth Montgomery, and both women had just very sad, depressing lives. Just you would look at somebody that beautiful and go, "She must live a magnificent life because everybody loves her and she's just really happy." Yeah. And then there, both of those women's cases, it was just not true. They were they were led very sad lives. It's too bad. It, 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 yes, that is uh, sadly true. Elizabeth, um, you know, she had 
a demanding father, much like Mary Tyler Moore did. Only Elizabeth's right. father was Robert Montgomery, the movie star, um, right. who did not want Elizabeth to become a star. And Mary Tyler Moore's father didn't want Mary Tyler Moore to be a star. Her mother didn't want her to be in, in the industry at all. Um, so there were very many similar paths. I mean, after they left their shows, after Elizabeth left The Wish, and after Mary did the Mary Tyler Moore show, they went on to do these heavy-duty TV movies that were very different from their stereotyped yeah. uh, best-known roles. And that was a very conscious decision, obviously, to, to play against type. Um, they were just so similar, and it was one of the reasons why I wanted to do the biography on Mary, because it sure. seemed to continue the theme of Elizabeth. And I knew Elizabeth, so it was diff- even more difficult to write a, a, an objective biography about her. And it really, in many ways, my biography on Elizabeth is not objective. So with Mary, who I did not know and who I had access to various you know, uh, interviews, new interviews and new material, and uh, with her and um, with people like Ed Asner and Gavin McLeod and, and Carol Channing, who Mary starred with, in Thoroughly Modern Millie, a feature film. It's, I brought all of it together um, and, and, and really make some incredible points, I think, that have been never made before. Yeah, I think that's important too, Herbie, because we literally in the first hour of this show, we were talking about people. Michael Jackson's name came up, Barbara Streisand, because of what she said about Michael Jackson. Her name came up. Um, you know, it's really sad. People that are that big, the Michael Jacksons and the Barbara Streisands and certainly Elizabeth Montgomery and Mary Tyler Moore, there's always sadness there. There's always some problem with mom or dad or both or whatever it is. And, and a lot of times there's there's uh, sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse. It's just, is it what drives them to try to be as famous and as popular as they can be to try to, in their own minds, kind of make up for what they lost in their childhood? I think that's part of the artist um, or the or the writer um, or the actor, whoever, whoever it is. But again, we have to clarify that these people and their issues were not any different than ours, except that no. um, they, may, they may have varied a little bit, but except that Mary Tyler Moore, Michael Jackson, all those people live their lives in the public eye. So whatever yep. issues they had was were magnified, um, you know, 10, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, if not more. And it, it plays out for everybody to see. So it becomes even more traumatic in many ways. Um, so it's just, you know, the, the entertainment industry is an odd, odd duck. And oh, actors God, and ever. writers and... <laughs> Um, and and candlestick makers, they're all different <laughs> human beings. They're not regular human beings. So no, you put them not. in the public eye, and everything becomes public now. You know, it's amazing to me, Herbie, I remember many, many years ago when Mary Tyler Moore's son unfortunately died, uh, she took his ashes to a bridge and, and, you know, at his request, I guess at some point in his life, he made it clear that if he ever did die, he'd want to be there. So she took his ashes and apparently poured them off a bridge. And then 60 minutes or somebody did a story on her life several years later, and she couldn't find the bridge where she deposited his ashes in the river. But I thought to myself, I would never be able to find that bridge again. I would not want to know where that bridge is. So for me, I would have blocked that out of my brain. So a lot of people got angry with her about that. And I thought, well, no, 
it's probably a really good thing she doesn't remember which bridge it was because I don't think I would, to be honest with you. That's got to be extremely traumatic, I would think. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, nobody, you know, no parent could lose a child. I mean, right. death in general is a traumatic thing. I lost both my parents. I was a primary caregiver to both my parents. But they lived long, beautiful lives, and, you know, it was time for them to go, and you're at peace with that. But losing a child the way Mary yeah. did, I mean, and just as her movie Ordinary People is released in which she plays a mother who loses a child, it was right. just a, a horrible, tragic ir- irony. It was indeed. I, I just, uh, you know, it's great about with all of that, you know, as I said, I talked to her a few times and, and then reading about this, that, and the other thing and, and kind of looking at her career and all the rest of it. I still have wonderful, well, you could tell, as you said, we started cooing when we heard the song here on this end. I still, uh, I enjoyed, look, anybody that that's, well, that's that, that beautiful. That never, uh, you know what? That never should change. I mean, just because you find nope. out that somebody is complicated, that shouldn't change the joy that they they uh, bring to so many through their work. That, that's the person, and then the character they play are different people. And yet at the same time, too, people have to understand that celebrities are human beings. I can't make that point enough. And yeah. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with having flaws. You know, there's nothing... There's evil people and complicated people. I said that before. Mary was a complicated person. You don't give millions of dollars to the Diabetes Foundation, and you don't give your time and effort to animal care and be a bad person. That just doesn't that just doesn't make up, or it doesn't make sense. But um, you know, she had three marriages. She didn't get along with a lot of people. She was a tough boss. She didn't have many women friends. Uh, she had a lot of self-hatred. Uh, you know, she had issues. Okay? So, yeah. again, yep. we all have issues. We do all. <laughs> we were just talking about that in the first hour of the show today, too. The fact that we all do have issues. But, I, I look, I'm very, very lucky, Herbie, because I was a, I was a little boy when the Lucy show came on. So for me to see a, a very beautiful woman being funny has been part of my life since I was a little kid because I think did Lucy must have changed that. I don't, th- I don't think it was considered okay to, yeah, in movies maybe, but on television to laugh at a really pretty woman was difficult for people. But Lucy changed all that. And then Mary Tyler Moore and Elizabeth Montgomery and people of that ilk carried on with it. They, they did a great service. Uh, to all for, for all of us and to all of us because they made beautiful women more human. I think. Wow, those those are that is an excellent point. I couldn't agree more with all of that. Um, you know, and Lucille Ball and Elizabeth and Mary and Carol Burnett for that reason, for that matter. Yeah, all God, very different. Carol Burnett. No. Yeah, but I adore Carol Burnett, too. She's another one. The last time she was on this show, as a matter of fact, my lovely wife, Catherine, asked her if she would say happy birthday to her <laughs> 90-year-old father, and she did. She was just so she sweet. It was unbelievable. Herbie, you're of the best. Uh, yeah. Herbie J. Pilato. It's P-I-L-A-T-O. The book is called Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore Story. As things go along, we'd love to have you back and talk a lot more about that that kind of television that I really do miss that whole deal where there was really no edge. It was just very, very funny and was very, very human. And I loved it. And I understand why you'd write about, but all these people to tell you the truth. Herbie, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We'll be back with the family.
a program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. We're rocking out, man. <laughs> I can't do that. Who was that you were talking to, Cassie? Oh, my son. Oh, you had to be told that elephant joke when your son was no, there? No, he's not listening. He's got, oh, his, good. He's got his headphones watching Boss Baby. Oh, okay. Well, Boss Baby, yeah, there you go. That was a big hit. Uh, I really liked Herbie. Herbie was terrific. But, yeah. but it is true. Lucille Ball changed it forever. You were able to laugh at beautiful women after her. Mm-hmm. Um, no question about that. And, you know, well, I, one of the things, Andy, the, the reason that I immediately fell in love with your mother was she's a beautiful woman, and the first thing she did was make me laugh by insulting me. I <laughs> and will I never haven't forget. stopped since. And she hasn't stopped insulting me ever since. <laughs> uh, Cassie and Ralph, you might not know. May, Ralph, you might know this, but the first time I ever met Catherine, she was answering the phone at my attorney's office, and I was his biggest client. And I walked in and I said, will you tell Ellen that Uncle Tom is here? She goes, Mr. Dorfman, Uncle Bob is here. And I said, yeah, my name is Tom. And she goes, yeah, whatever. I was busy. You (laughs) go, girl. I was busy. Yeah. Oh, okay, Cassie, backstabber. Thank you. Had you just just done your nails and you're dialing the phone with the the pencil eraser? I I went, Exactly. That's exactly what happened right there. But no, I think, hey, look, I loved Lucille Ball. Andy, you've loved Lucy your whole life. You used to have a picture of Lucille Ball in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We used to watch it when the kids were little and just Phenomenal. laugh our butts off. It was, it was very so funny. funny. No doubt about it. She uh, she changed everything. That, that whole thing with the assembly line at the food plant was incredibly funny. Um, 
Senator Kamala Harris wants to show teachers some love. The presidential candidate announced uh, today a $315 billion plan to raise the average public school teacher's pay by $13,500. Right now, teachers are making over 10% less than other college-educated graduates, and that gap is about thirteen grand a year. I'm pledging to you through the federal resources that are available. We will close that gap. I but, would agree that teachers should make as much as everybody else, but I have a problem with this. They only work nine Maybe, months out of the year? That's my well, problem. But the, the, They should work all summer. You're right about that. But I would say this, that um, a lot of that money, I I think in Minnesota we now spend about $13,000 a year per student. So basically if we could redirect $13,000 from one student, where's all that money going? Because the teachers aren't getting it. Oh, it goes to administration. Goes to administration. Oh, God. It's got to stop. That whole thing that this administration thing, getting all the money, has got to stop. What do they do? They don't do anything. You're right. They, but they, they're right. And there's so many uh, administrations. There's no um, economy of scale with regards to education. Because how many school districts do we have in Minnesota? Is it over 400? Why don't we take it down to 200? Yeah, and then use that money to pay teachers. There I got no go. problem with that at all. So, look, I don't have any problem with what Kamala Harris is trying to do here, but maybe we should redirect some of the money that's going to the schools already and make sure the teachers are taken care of before the administrators. Because the administrators, what, what do they do? Uh, hey, look, I'll give you an example. One of the first big articles that was ever ever written about me on the KQ Morning Show, um, I had just done uh, an interview with Pat Miles on Channel 4 at that time. And there was a big newspaper article about it, and they interviewed the principal of Minneapolis North High School. His name was, I don't know, Douchebagio or whatever his name was. I don't remember what his name was. Mm-hmm. But they asked him about me, and he said, and I quote, never heard of him. Really? You're the administrator, and you don't know your students? It wasn't like there were 8 billion students in the school. How do you not know almost all of your students? And it wasn't like I was quiet when I was there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but the first thing this jerk does is insults me. I never heard of him. Why, why would you do that to one of your own students? Explain that to me. Yeah, uh, because, because he, was, he, he felt that uh, he's more important and uh, mm-hmm. you had been successful. And, oh, no, I never heard of him. It couldn't have come from, you know, and I never heard him. Didn't stand out in school. He was nothing. There's nothing. Why this happened? I don't know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why would you want to treat someone like that? I'll never understand. But see, administrators, to me, have always been that way. Yeah. They've never shown that they care about anybody that I've been around. Like, I'm not saying there aren't any good, you know, high school principals or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying most of them are not very good at their job. They just aren't. You know, and, and when Andy says that they only work nine months out of the year, well, there's a lot of vacation during the year, too. That's true. A lot of three-day weekends. <laughs> there you know, I... and, and when you and you, and you boil it all down, you know, when, I, when I did the math, uh, really the kids were in class about 30% of the time, 40% of the time that they're at school. Yeah. And, yeah, know, but there are things that they have to do. They they do. I mean, I've got quite a few friends that are teachers or were teachers, mm-hmm, and yeah. they have workshops during the summer. They've got, you know, a lot of times those MEA meetings are, no, that's not time off for the teacher. A lot of times they're taking work home. I think it's a, I think it's a tough job. And, I mean, how many I hours so, can yeah. you be in a classroom with a bunch of either hormonal teenagers oh, or chill or children oh. you know, mm. i'm talking about junior high i think i'd 
I think I'd hang myself after three hours of dealing with <laughs> those negative, kids. But, I'm know. sorry. Okay. Well, I just, just a little negative. I mean, hour it's almost hour, like combat pay. Hour for hour, teachers make well above average, which people don't realize. They think well, they're getting paid. A friend of mine retired with a very, very nice uh, pension and benefits and all that yeah, stuff. They get she paid had really been work, well. but she'd been working in the in the school system for 30 years, so she should. Yeah. You know, it's not like she worked her, you know, her one day past whatever the union says that she should work and then retired like some of them do. Well, I just think it's a little odd that we're funneling money to people who are already getting paid pretty much what they should get paid, which is more you know than what average. The, it's, in certain, it's it's interesting. Minnesota, I think, pays our teachers fairly well. Yeah, there's other states that that really give them. It's bad. Their their salaries are bad. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the property tax situation or just the economy of certain areas. But some teachers don't get paid much at all. No, some don't. But but again, if you've de- devoted your life to teaching young children. I couldn't deal with it. I could not have some kid mouthing off to me all day long and not go over and punch him right in the face. So, like the, so I, God bless him. Like the iron workers, you need to be getting hazard pay. We'll call that yeah. hazard pay. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. hazard pay, having to deal with the kids. Well, my brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us, but he was a... Uh, he was a teacher at Minneapolis North and before that at Lincoln Junior High School, and he had guns pulled on him in the classroom. Uh, I'm good. Nobody's ever, well, that's not true. One guy did pull a gun on me once when I left the building at KQRS in the old building. So it's only happened to me once. How am I, I, why am I not getting paid more? Where's my dough? Let's, <laughs> where's your dough, Ramey? <laughs> where's my dough, Ramey? That's what I'd like to know. I don't know. Like I said, I, I just... I think, Andy, would you check that out for me? I think we're, it's about thirteen grand a year per public school student in the Minneapolis school system. I think. I'm not certain. I checked a few years ago, and it was already 11500 then, and I've been told they, they ticked it up again about 10%. So it's somewhere around there. Uh, but that money needs to go to the teachers first, and then we'll worry about the administrators later. How about that? Yes. What do you think? Well, if it's 13000 if, if there's one teacher in the classroom and it's 13000 per student, there's 20 t- students mm-hmm. in the classroom, that's only 20000 a year. Right. What's only 20000 a year? The, the salary that would go to the teacher. The available money for going to a teacher, so it must be more than thirteen hundred dollars or thirteen thousand dollars a year. It's thirteen thousand dollars oh, a year per 000. student. So it's two hundred thousand dollars per year yeah, for, the t- for the teacher. Okay, yeah. that's about right. Which you know, the, I think they should make a really. I could not do that job. I could not be a teacher. There is no way. I never had the desire to be a teacher, but I could not take some smart ass kid. To, you know, whose old man treats him like dirt, so now he's going to treat me like dirt. No, nope, ain't going to well, happen. And it's not just the it's not just the kids. It's you know, right. a friend of mine was a teacher in a wealthy community, and if you tried to discipline their child, oh, they'd come marching in with their attorney. Yes. <sighs> So, into the school. Into the school. Oh, into the God. meeting. Oh, like, let's God. say, you know, little uh, Susie was, uh, you know, smoking crack in the back corner <laughs> in, a, in a rich in a rich school district. Then all of a sudden, you know, you've got you've got her attorney coming in to say, no, she because, didn't. Because it was, she wasn't. Do you know it was crack for sure? Did you have it tested? Well, she wasn't you know. smoking crack. She was probably doing blow. Probably. And she didn't <laughs> want to be demeaned. <laughs> to be insinuated yeah, she, was, she didn't have money to have, get blow. Yeah, exactly. Well, Minnesota, come, uh, Minneapolis, the only, for some reason, I can only find 2013, 
I don't know why they don't have it. I'm sure they passed a law that said they don't have to tell us how much they spend because yeah maybe so how much was it then uh in 2013 it was 11,000 per student in minnesota 11, not yeah. minneapolis so that's including oh, so minneapolis would be higher minneapolis would be significantly higher yes yeah it would, would be yeah yeah so at least you would hope that's well, well, very, very very true why would minneapolis be higher because minneapolis is where all the money is so that's where they're going to put the money i mean i don't think pay. i don't think kids yeah well i mean there is that but I don't think uh, schools, you know, three hours north of here are getting a whole lot of funding because they don't, you know, generate the voters. Yeah. Well, it's all supposed That's to be true. based on pro- property tax, right? It's supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be. So, uh, which is really great for where we live in Golden Valley because we have very high property taxes, but no high school. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, here we so go. we're not paying for a high school. In 2014... Minneapolis got fourteen thousand per student, whereas the state average was still eleven. So yeah, Minneapolis gets like thirty percent more per student than the state average. Well, yeah, well, oh in God. in in Minneapolis school district, you've also got what is it, thirty languages spoken? So you're going to have to yeah, have translators like yeah. and all kinds of stuff going on. There has to be a lot of special I can programs. Think of constantly. a really easy way to cut spending there. Teach what? kids English. <laughs> Well, they well, do. That used to be the order of the day, but it's no longer true. A lot of people who come to America very, and never learn yeah, to speak English. That's true. Oh, you know, if, if I it's go to, insane. If I, go to, if I go to Mexico with my kids and I put them in school there, do they get a translator? Yeah, really. If you're going to go to another not. country, sure they don't. Uh, no matter where you're from and where you're going, you should speak the country's language that you move to. Remember back in the day when you had a Spanish kid on television? They would just add an O to every word. <laughs> we'll take O outside O. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's Spanish. Yeah. yeah, that's Spanish right there. You just put an O at the end of everything, and now you're speaking Spanish all of a sudden. Yeah, that, that's not, yeah, I don't that, think so. That's not a bit demeaning to their language and their culture. No, not no, at all. not at all. Not at all. Well, the good thing about that is that you can change the O to an I, and then you're speaking Italian. <laughs> then you're speaking Italian, right? Well, talky, outsidey. Yeah, there you go. A group representing, well, you know, a group representing Muslims in France is suing Facebook and YouTube over footage of the mosque shootings in New Zealand. The French Council of the Muslim Faith accuses the, the platforms, which raced to delete a live stream and copies that sprung up in the aftermath of broadcasting a message without, with violent content, abetting terrorism or of a nature likely to seriously violate human dignity and liable to be seen by a minor. So uh, Muslims in France are suing Facebook and YouTube for showing that stuff. Oh. And I, Catherine told me that uh, New Zealand has now banned the Fox News Channel because they are blaming oh Donald God. Trump for those attacks. Hmm. What the happened to New, New Zealand? Zealand? I don't know. Did, what happened to the well, world? Well, within days after the shooting at the mosque, they banned those... Uh, Guns. I mean, within days. The assault. Well, why do you need an assault rifle what are they, anyway? AR, what's AR? AR 15, AR 15 yeah, they, or whatever. Yeah, they ban those, yeah. which, I mean, well, I don't have a problem with that, but I, thought, I know a lot of people do. But, I, thought guns were banned in, I thought guns were banned in New Zealand anyhow. Okay. Uh, not New Zealand, Australia they are, I think. Australia oh. they are, yeah. But New Zealand, there yeah, are so many imagine. farmers and people who live yeah. in the outback. It's like... If you don't yeah, have a gun, you're going to get eaten by dingoes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you well, there you it's go. Basically you know? true. 
It's just uh, well, you know, did, well, was this, did, did this uh, activist group in France uh, did they did they rise up and insist that all of the beheadings that were being done, uh, you know, um, no. Of course not. By ISIS, did they insist that those be taken down because those those are on Twitter all the time? Yeah, are they really? Oh yeah. Oh ish. Well, there's all sorts of like uh, people are nasty. People put everything on Twitter. They'll they'll recruit for organizations on Twitter. Yeah, and Twitter doesn't do anything about it. It is just unbelievable that they Mm -hmm. allow that to happen. Uh, It just amazes me what what we allow. On Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of these puke holes. And that's what they are. They're puke holes. You heard me. Twitter kind of is. So in any case, uh, what's that? Twitter kind of is. Oh, there's no question about it. Does that make any money yet? Because I know they had a really hard time making money with Twitter. They make any money yet? I have a feeling a lot of the money they make is not going to be showing up on paperwork. Well, I think that's what's going on. Yeah, I thought that's kind of kind of what I thought might be going on, but you know, it's uh, whatever. The gra- whatever works. You're telling me the graphite just never gets to the paper. Yeah, exactly. Never gets to yeah, the paper. Exactly right. <laughs> Not quite. Although, did we'll you be know? Right back. Oh well. Oh, good go idea. Ahead. What? Did you know okay, that well, you can report illegal income to the U.S. government, and if you do that, they can't go after you for tax evasion because you're reporting it, and they can't go after what? you for that income. So if you make a bunch oh, of money dealing drugs, you can tell them about it, and as long as they get their money, they don't care. So in other words, Which, people in Congress do that all the time. Well, they tell them about money they don't pay taxes on, and therefore then they can't be taxed on it. That's got to be a Congress thing. Oops, I forgot to pay my taxes. I forgot. Like Jeez. I'm Michael Avenatti. I forgot to pay taxes <laughs> for five, six years. Yeah. Whoops. We'll be back. Another special guest coming up with the family. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Robbie, who started in sales and is now director of recruitment. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Cassie's in a guitar mood today. I know. It's that. It was that movie, The Dirt. (laughs) The Dirt. Yeah. I oddly liked it. 
I was like, this is... You oddly liked it. Yeah, it was very bizarre, but a great gave great insight to Motley Crue. I mean, you obviously knew that they yeah. were party animals yeah. and stuff, but some of like sure. the drug abuse with Nikki Six, how um how much he was in deep trouble with it and get having overdose after overdose and oh, you know, the, not advisable. And then like, have it, I completely forgot that Vince Neal's daughter died. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. they have that in the movies. I don't know. I thought it was okay. I mean, it wasn't. It was no uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, but <laughs> you know, there's a good especially chance. the Chinese version. The idea that a, a repeated overdose over overdose overdose, he wouldn't have survived today because of fentanyl. Yeah, true. No, God, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely he would have been right dead because that. that's that's why we, Prince um, is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, do we have our guest? Yep. Tara Ross, how you doing, Tara? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous. I'm really, really happy you're on because what certain people are trying to pull off is really disturbing to me, and some people actually support this. Uh, the indispensable electoral college, how the founder's plan saves our country from mob rule. I could not agree more, Ms. Ross. Uh, there's no real threat of the Electoral College going away, is there? Yes. Oh, I would think the threat is real and persistent. Oh, God. Everybody's do, do angry not... with it right now. Well, Tara, that, basically that means that, that New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, even Minneapolis-St. Paul, they're going, to, they're going to elect every official in the United States of America, and the people in the rest of the country won't even get a voice. Uh, how do they not? Oh, my God. What a disturbing idea. Mm-hmm. You know, one interesting statistic is that Hillary Clinton got 20% of her vote from only New York and California. And if you take those two states out of the God. equation, she's actually losing by 3 million votes. And, of course, within those states, she got most of her vote from the big urban areas, too. If we want to right. be ruled by the big urban areas, then we should get rid of the Electoral College. But if we think all parts of the country should be represented in the presidency, then we should keep the system we have. You know what I really like right now, Ms. Roth? Can I just call you Tara? Call me Tara. I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> oh, Tara. Okay, we'll call you Tara. I just wanted to make sure. You, know, you can't just throw it out there. But it just amazes me that if you tune, it doesn't matter which channel you tune to on television as far as national news is concerned. Basically, it's the sky is blue. No, it isn't. I mean, these people can't agree on anything. I mean, they can't agree on what time of the day it is. What is that? It's all about making money, isn't it? Is that pretty? This is all about how much money they can stuff in their pockets if they get these things passed, I would assume, right? I think different people have different reasons for supporting it. I do think for many it's about power and political power and just the closest, this is the fastest way I can see to get there. I do think there is an element of just we have not been educated about our electoral college system or about the how it works or why the founders gave it to us. And so the sound bites that are offered in favor of this plan, they sound appealing and they sound nice and easy and like common sense. Now, of course, if you dig a little bit deeper into it and you take time to investigate what was happening at the Constitutional Convention, you realize this thing, does, it doesn't make any sense at all to get rid of it. it you know, no. the founders were not trying to create a pure, simple democracy. The, the modern example of the dynamic they were trying to avoid is two, a pure democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. And the sheep didn't care that they got to vote. It, it 
on the dinner plate. <laughs> so we're trying to avoid that, of course, with the Electoral College and all of the other checks and balances in our Constitution. What I don't understand is if um, a lot of the states that seem to be wanting to get rid of the Electoral College, like California, they're already stacking the odds in their favor with the, you know, having everybody who, who can or maybe people that shouldn't be voting vote. Yes. So they get even more points, if you will, right? So, I mean, they, it seems like they always can end around anything that we've got to make an election fair. So why are, if, they're, if they can already manipulate it, why do they care if it goes away? Well, because they could make it, they could double down on that behavior, right? I mean, right now, if you have, if California does things that, that other states don't agree with, that to broaden the franchise, let whoever vote, want, you know, whatever, they can do all these different mm-hmm. things. They can steal votes, they can do whatever, but it only affects California. It, it is limited. The effect of what they're doing is limited to those 55 electors. With the national popular mm-hmm. vote, of course, any vote stolen or dishonestly grabbed in any part of the country, no matter how easy it was to, to do that, it affects everybody. I mean, you can imagine, okay, you know, right now, if you want to steal an election or affect it with, you know, liberal laws or whatever, you, you have to know where to do that, which state to do that. You need to have a national election that is close at the electoral level. You, know, you need to have states that are close. You have to have all these different things lining up for you so that you steal the right state in the right place at the right time. <laughs> and without the Electoral College, you, could, you would have to be on defense in every single precinct of the country all the time because any vote stolen anywhere would affect the national tally. It's impossible to defend that kind of an election system. The fact that our, our electoral college is decentralized and that things are broken up into states, it actually protects us. You know, it's amazing to me, Tara, is uh, several years ago, Al Franken ran for the U.S. Senate in Minnesota, and he lost the vote. But they said, oh, no, no, it's too close to call. we gotta, we got to do a recount. And during the recount, they somehow found 400 votes in the trunk of a car and Al Franken ended up winning by 235 votes. And nobody ever even questioned it. I, it's just amazing to me. He lost, well, and then all of a sudden, oh, now. I forgot. What's that? I'm going to one-up you now. I'm going to one-up you now. In Minnesota right okay. now, there's a, plan, there's a plan to get rid of the Electoral College, which has failed. It's called oh. the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. It has failed over and over and over again in Minnesota. Well, guess what? They just put it in an elections omnibus bill where it's hiding and, uh, oh, God. Right Why do my people, I was born in Minnesota, raised in Minnesota. We still live there. I love Minnesota. But politically, it is a hellhole. And it always has been, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, I talk about this. When I was a little boy living in North Minneapolis, I used to watch then-Mayor Hubert Humphrey walk up and down, you know, pretty much Plymouth Avenue. And he, every time he came out of a public house, he would have a bag with him. Yeah, I wonder what he was doing in there. What do you think? <laughs> you know, I, 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 why is Minnesota such a filthy political state? I just don't really understand. You know, I know they're very passive aggressive. That I do know. So is it all about business that we pretend to actually care about you by, by, oh, yes, we've got you covered and everything is, oh, yeah, we support everyone. 
I don't know. I, I just don't really understand what this is all about. I just, it's disturbing to me. I will tell you that, though, Tara. Well, I'm going to get myself in trouble if I go off on Minnesota politics when I'm from Texas. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not. No, 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 you're not. Well, well I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Texan. But, but if you want to stop this particular <laughs> effort in the Minnesota, it's HF 1603, and it's an omnibus bill, and it's just hiding in there. So you guys should go stop that. Why can they do things like that? How did we ever allow this to be possible in the first place? You know, I, I think in general we suffer from a lack of education. I think we've yes. kind of become apathetic. We're staring at our phones yeah. all the time, you know, yeah. laughing at Instagram or whatever it is that we're doing. And <laughs> at times, you, you know, you get well. You know, I spend lots of time on social media too. So what am I going to do? But, but, but we sometimes you get the government you deserve, right? When you forget to pay attention and you forget to educate yourself, yeah. then this is where you end up. So, I. I hope things will turn around. I hope people will start to pay more attention. I hope they will. I, I, one thing that I'm really happy about when it comes to this effort against the Electoral College is I think it has woken up some people, and they are taking time now to learn about it when they never did before. And that's great. And I'm convinced that the more people study it, the more they investigate, the greater their mm-hmm. support will be for the institution because it protects us. And it, it protects us even at times like now where we're just kind of divided and angry and upset. Another time in our history when we were that way was after the Civil War. And I'm convinced that without an Electoral College, our country would have fallen apart. But, but because of the Electoral yeah. College, no president could be elected without reaching a hand across the political aisle. And over time... You know, I mean, there were several bad elections in a row, kind of like now. But over time, it just was not productive to stay in that angry place. They had to figure out how to get out of it. Uh, see, that's and that's what, what I'm frightened of. We're just going to stay really angry if we ever do get rid of the Electoral College. Everybody's going to be angry for the rest of time. And, um, and Terry, I think you pointed out something interesting. Would, will that, would that lead to uh, a breakup of the country, uh, states seceding? like Texas, saying, you know, this isn't working out for us anymore, kids. Yeah, honestly, you know? would that be the worst thing in the world, though? Yeah, well, Because the country <laughs> is split. <laughs> so. hey. She goes, hey! Come on! <laughs> but it's, it's that, I think, you know, the air, is, the air is free, and, you know, like, we're, we're all good down here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Lots of liberty. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, uh, look, absolutely I, What true. I know is I can... I can look to history, I can look to the years after the Civil War, and I can, we can see what happened there and how institutions like the Electoral College brought us back together, even when we did not want to be brought back together. And I would argue right. that if we could just stay the course and, and keep our eye on the ball and start thinking about how we can succeed under this electoral system instead of trying to get rid of it, the same thing will happen. We will come back to a better place. Don't you think, Tara, we should just get back to the old days when we just elect, uh, elected psychotics like Huey Long, you know, and lose? <laughs> Did he actually say what they claim he said about having an election in the bag? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I have no idea. I have no idea. If he oh, said that Tara. <laughs> Huey Long. Wait, so you know what he said, though, supposedly. I but apparently he, act- he actually did say this. He was asked by a reporter, do you think you have the election in the bag? And Huey Long in Louisiana said, I got it in the bag unless they find me with a dead girl or a live boy. Jesus. He oh, actually said that. She goes, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Look, politicians tend to be filthy anyway, I guess is the point I'm trying to make with Huey Long. 
Uh, we've had politicians in the state of Minnesota that are disgustingly filthy, and I suppose they have, well, you know, you're from Texas. You understand <laughs> what that's all about, too. But Everybody's uh, got their fair share, right? <laughs> they they yes. do. There's no question about it. And so we keep electing these filthy people who have no morals or scruples whatsoever. What did we think they were going to do once they got the power? They're going to rig the system so they never lose. Uh, it's it's frightening. Course. It's It's terrifying. Yeah. So well, what can nature, we do? So we have to pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. Be educated. Call your legislator. I think in Minnesota you can call them and say, hey, we saw what you hid in that omnibus bill. <laughs> Bring it out into the open and let's have an honest debate on it before you just pass this thing. But in general, obviously, paying attention and education, you know, and educating our kids so that they learn from us and not from, you know, whoever's trying to fill their head. No, you're absolutely. Who who would have who would have put that in the bill? By the way, is it is there one certain group of people, one certain person who had who got that done? Is there any way that I could? Because I do a morning show as well uh, in Minneapolis, KQRS Radio, and I, I just I would like to go on and talk about. This. So, so uh, give me the number of the bill again. It's what what is it again? HF sixteen oh three. HF sixteen oh three. And do you know who put it in there? It was written by Raymond Den. That I don't know. That I don't know. Oh, I mean, Raymond I Den. I barely discovered it. Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to be talking about that on this show and the morning show, and boy, are they going to be mad at me, but tough hop. Well, the fact that you tried to hide that. There's so much in here well, that I don't I don't think it's going to pass because, yeah, there's tons and tons of stuff, and it's almost all uh, to give one certain party, which – Happens to be Raymond's party more power. No, yeah. that's hard Weird, to right? believe. <laughs> well, the book is one, called The Indiscretion. Indis- oh, love to hear it. I was going to say, on Thursday, one last piece of information. They're holding a, in a hearing on Thursday, and they've excluded national popular vote from the hearing, although they're hearing the bill overall. Oh, God. Wow. The Indispensable Electoral College, How the Founders' Plan Saves Our Country from Mob Rule. Tara Ross. Tara, you're, you're terrific. We have to have you on more often to talk about decency and how life should be, not how it is. <laughs> if that's okay Anytime. with you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, a great pleasure. Thank you, Tara. Thank yeah, you. you believe that they, they have to hide their bills. What's now the name of the bill? H. HP 1603. HF 1603. HF 1603. HF. Yeah, I don't think it's as in holy F. Yeah, sixteen oh three. I don't think it actually has a name that? yet. It's still in very early, uh, the early days or whatever. Just filth. That's all I know. It's filth. Well, yeah. Minnesota just loves to vote. You know, however Cal- California and yes. New York votes, exactly. that's yep. how they're. You know, whatever they're going to do, then Minnesota wants to do it. It's, it's an interesting phenomenon to me. It is indeed. Now, Catherine, you have to say it's your birthday on Sunday, but you have to say it in the Lupita Nyong'o zombie voice, and then we'll say goodbye. God. I have to say happy birthday to myself? Yes. <laughs> Why? Oh, never mind, you big baby. <laughs> That's just weird. Happy just... birthday, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> 